Hey there, future friends. This week, when you hit Mars, that's Amore. When you become a vampire, that's a hero. And when you make a movie during COVID, that's a crazy. It's the week of April 1st, 2022, and you are listening to Future Flicks with Billiam. my future friends welcome to the show it is oddly a good week for movies we have a very big wide releases and interesting indie section so in that case i'll do what i normally do and i'll just talk about the limited movies and then i'll go into the next section and then we'll have our break somewhere in the middle if you're confused as to what i'm talking about that may mean you are new to the show and if you are new welcome Welcome, welcome. It is always a good time to start listening to Future Flicks with Billiam, and the good news is you don't need to go back to episode one. No, this is a very in-the-moment topical show. Since I talk about all the new movies coming to theaters, you don't need to go back and listen to the old ones. In fact, please don't. I was not very good back then, but now this is peak performance. This is peak Billiam performance right here. So let me tell you what this show is about. My name is Billiam, and I go over all of the movies coming out during the week. I do my best to find out about each and every film. I then watch the trailers, and I put them into categories. The first category is the limited release section, and the next is the wide releases and interesting indies. In both of these sections, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it. In the limited section, I may give a thought or two, but that's where it ends. In the wide releases and interesting indie section, I definitely give you some thoughts on it, and then I give it a score. I refer to this as the Billiam's Interest Level Score, aka the Bill Score, which can go anywhere from a 0 for those awful-looking films to an 11 for those films that make me so very excited. And then I wrap it all up with a pick of the week, which I say, hey friend, if you see one movie this week, this is your best bet. And I have to say, this week was particularly hard. And if you know what big movie's coming out, then you'll probably know why. But let us not beat around the bush any longer, and let's talk about the limited release movies, starting with a film called Bull. Bull mysteriously returns home after a 10-year absence to seek revenge on those who double-crossed him all those years ago. This is a movie from the UK and stars Neil Maskell from Small Axe, and David Heyman from Sid and Nancy. Next up, we have a film called Dakota. It centers on Kate, a widow who lost her husband in the war in Afghanistan, and is struggling to maintain her small town farm with her daughter while also running the local volunteer fire department. Of course she is. This stars Abby Cornish from Sucker Punch, Tim Rosen from Winona Earp, William Baldwin from Backdraft, Patrick Muldoon from Starship Troopers, and Lola Sultan from Yes Day. And look, if you're a dog person, and if you love all those dog people movies, this is for you. Uh, And I don't know why they didn't put that in the premise for this movie. Like, whoever wrote the premise for IMDb 100% missed the point. This is a dog person movie, because the husband 
had a service dog and the service dog was brought back to them and it becomes part of the family and protects them because it's great at what it did. And while something like that is great in real life for a movie, it is boring and been done a million times before. Next up, we have a film called Boone. The widowed Catherine is busy trying to protect herself and her son from a local criminal organization. When Nick Boone and Catherine's lives cross paths, they find themselves leaning on each other to protect everything they stand for. This stars Neil McDonnell from Band of Brothers, Tommy Flanagan from Gladiator, and Demetrius Gross from Rampage. And this one hurt. I love Neil McDonnell. I think he's great. I think he's a fantastic actor, but this looks like some movie that came from Liam Neeson's reject pile. Like, if Neil McDonnell passed on it, it would have gone to Bruce Willis next. That's the kind of vibe I get from this film. Second to last movie in the limited releases, we have a movie called Memoria. A woman from Scotland, while traveling in Colombia, begins to notice strange sounds. Soon she begins to think about their appearance. You know, I, I copied that premise straight from IMDb. Like, I do a lot of these because I'm unoriginal. And I didn't realize that made no f***ing sense. Whose appearance? The strange sound? Like, the strange sounds appearing? Maybe say that. I don't know. Uh, this one hurt, too, because this stars Tilda Swinton, who is fantastic. Tilda Swinton is a worldwide treasure of an actress. If she's in a bad movie, she is still good in it. Like Jim Jarmusch's The Dead Don't Die. The acting was good. It was just a garbage movie. This has the premise of being good, depending on what the sounds are and what it means. Is it her mental health? Is it some sort of crazy thing coming out of nowhere? Like a monster or aliens or something? But the trailer did nothing for me. And finally, we have a movie called Barbarians. A dinner party in a country house that sees four friends come together for a birthday celebration. But as their night progresses, secrets emerge and unsettling events begin to unfold around them. This stars Ewan Rion. Rion? Rion? The guy from Game of Thrones and Inhumans. Catalina Sandino Moreno from The Affair. Tom Cullen from Castle in the Ground. And relative newcomer Inez Spiridonov. This movie basically looks like someone watched the movie The Strangers, which is a good film, and went, hey, I want to make this worse somehow. And so that's what we have here. And here, I thought they did that with Strangers Pray at Night, but no, this, this one could be, could be worse. All right, my future friends, that is it for the limited section. It's a good week for movies. What can I say? We have quite a bit to choose from this week, so let me jump into the wide releases and interesting indies. And after about five movies, I think we'll take our break. So let's start with Battle Freestyle. This is a Netflix movie. Amelie's dance crew advances to the global finals in France, torn between the love of Mikhail, the longing for her absent mother, and her fire for dance. Amelie must choose. Who is she to become? This is a movie from France, and it stars the cast of the first Battle movie. Uh, this is one in the wide releases section that I actually didn't want to see. But since it's coming to Netflix, it does qualify as a wide release. But this looks terrible. This looks like every generic dance movie you've ever seen. It does not look good. Battle Freestyle gets a 2 out of 11. Next up, my friends, we have a movie called Attack Part 1. Witness the rise of an army soldier as he realizes his destiny and comes to terms to becoming India's first super soldier created to combat terrorists 
as he fights his inner demons and outer enemies. This is a movie from India, and it looks batshit crazy. It looks batshit crazy, but also good and fun. Do you need to go out of your way to see this? No, not at all. But if somehow, somehow you stumble across this movie somewhere later on in life, it's not worth looking for in the theaters. Unless you're a big fan of Indian cinema. This is worth a watch if you somehow stumble upon it because it looks fun. It looks dumb and fun and action-packed and the perfect movie to just kind of zone out to eating popcorn and drinking a beer or soda, whatever have you. Attack Part 1 gets a 7 out of 11. Alright, my friends, next up we have a movie called The Rosemaker. This is another limited-release film. Eve Vernet was the largest rose grower. It's now on the verge of bankruptcy, on the verge of being bought out by a powerful competitor. In addition, Vera, her faithful secretary, employed three employees without any gardening skills. This is a movie from France, and it looks charming as fuck because we have this woman and she used to be this big shot rose grower. I think her husband died or someone close to her died who was part of the business. And she is really struggling. And like the premise says, she's close to losing everything. Her main competitor, who is this soulless person, he's only in for roses for the money. He doesn't care about them, doesn't care about the art of flowers, if you will. And her secretary hires these three people from a... I'm, I'm guessing maybe a halfway house or something or people who are doing work rehabilitation or something. But through them, Eve shares her love of roses and they start to learn. And it, it seems like a really wholesome, meaningful movie that really caught my eye. And like a lot of these films, like a lot of films I talk about on the show, it doesn't look like something you need to go out of your way to see, just like Attack Part 1. Just like a lot of the movies I have talked about and I will talk about, just keep an eye out for it because this looks like a safe bet just one day. You forget it exists. You see it pop up somewhere on a streaming service or maybe your library gets it. Maybe you see it on Hoopla or Canopy and give it a shot. The Rosemaker gets a 7 out of 11. All right, my future friends. Next up, we have a film called Nitram. This is a limited theatrical release coming out on the 30th, so probably by the time you hear this episode, this has already come out. This is about the events leading up to the 1996 Port Arthur Massacre on Tasmania in an attempt to understand why and how the atrocity occurred. This stars Caleb Landry-Jones from Get Out, Judy Davis from Naked Lunch, and Anthony LaPeglia from Without a Trace. I love Caleb Landry-Jones. He's so, so good good at playing both someone that's just nice and relatable. Like I mentioned the Tilda Swinton movie, The Dead Don't Die, the Jar Jim Jarmusch movie with Bill Murray and Adam Driver and Chloe Sevigny. Caleb Landry Jones was also in this and he was just very likable, very uh, like a, a great everyday person you'd meet. But he can also be a gigantic creep. If you remember Get Out, he was a gigantic creep in this. And this movie looks like he's being that creep again. He looks, it, it looks like a very uncomfortable film because we're getting, we're getting into someone's head before a awful massacre happens. 
and I'm pretty sure I'm right on this, I just looked it up, the 1996 Port Arthur Massacre caused swift legislation that created strict gun laws in Australia. And I know this is a touchy subject in America, but let's face the facts. Australia has not had a mass shooting since 1996. And in America, we have hundreds yearly. Just food for thought. But as a movie, Nitram looks uncomfortable. And it looks uncomfortable because it's supposed to be. Because we're trying to get into the head of someone who would do this. Just like movies about Jeffrey Dahmer or the Unabomber, or movies like that are going to be uncomfortable because what kind of person could do this? And movies that attempt to get into their head have to be dark. The only thing I really have a problem with with movies like this is it does kind of glorify what they do in the sense that while you and I, normal people, would watch this and go, oh, that's a f***ing crime, someone off their rocker, the kind of person who would even consider doing this, could watch this movie and go, oh, there, this is a blueprint of what I have to do. And look how many times they say his name. But solely as a movie, Nidram looks disturbing and slow-paced, and based on my tastes, gets a 5.5 out of 11. All right, my future friends, the last movie before our break is a film called Waterman. This is a limited-release documentary. Five-time Olympic medalist, native Hawaiian Duke Paoa Kahanamoku shatters records and brought surfing to the world while overcoming a lifetime of personal challenges. So this is a documentary narrated by Jason Momoa and looks fascinating. So we have this person who helped bring surfing to the world, who helped make it popular. I don't know if he was the, the person to do it because I haven't seen the documentary. But he was one of them and is still considered an icon in the sport. This looks very interesting, not only as a movie about surfing, but also as a person of color in the public eye in the sports world. So this looks both interesting and important. And Waterman gets an 8 out of 11. Well, my friends, that is it for this first half of the show. Let us take our break and we'll be right back with the rest of it. So please stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, We're Doing, Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're, we're doing, doing fine. All right, we're back. We are back with a movie called Apollo 10 and a Half. This is a Netflix original movie. A coming of age story set in the suburbs of Houston, Texas in the summer of 1969 centered around the historic Apollo 11 moon landing. This stars Glenn Powell from Hidden Figures, 
Zachary Levi from Shazam, Lee Eddy from Panic, Jack Black from Nacho Libre, and introducing Milo Coy. So this is about this kid uh, that is approached by NASA. And they're like, hey, kid, we built the space shuttle or we built the lunar lander too small. A regular sized person can't fit in it. And we're coming to you because you're a kid and you can fit in it. So we want you to go to the moon to test it out because that is a logical thing that would totally happen. He said jokingly, of course, because this is a movie, not an actual account of what happened. Duh. But this is one of those animated movies, kind of like a scanner darkly where it was recorded and then painted over, or at least it looked like it was, because the two people from NASA are clearly Glenn Powell and Zachary Levi. So this does have a very specific look that does harken back to A Scanner Darkly, and probably was even made the same way. And you know what? It just looks cute, and it has the bonus of being a Netflix original movie, so you can just watch it anytime. It looks cute, it looks fun, it looks well done, and it's just cute. NASA's really going to go to this kid and go, hey, kid, we want you to be the first one to go to the moon to test this lander. Oh, by the way, don't tell your parents this has to be a secret. Well, this movie gets an eight out of 11. Next up, my friends, we have a indie horror movie called You Won't Be Alone in an isolated mountain village in 19th century Macedonia. A young girl is kidnapped and then transformed into a witch by an ancient spirit. This stars Numi Rapace from Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows, and Alice Englert from The Power of the Dog. Uh, I'll be honest, this almost went in the limited release section, because it, it does look a little weird, but it this could be the next witch. And if you don't if you didn't like the witch, easy peasy skip this. If you did, this could be something to keep an eye on. The reason I liked the look of the trailer is it kind of felt like it really had this the ambiance down of a really good horror movie where it really sets the stage for all of the shit that could happen and you just feel that it's not right. But the reason that I almost put it in the limited section is that the trailer was a little hard to follow. I didn't quite know what was going on. Did this witch like kill people and then take their shape? Or was the witch just killing people and turning them into witches? And and who turned the witch into a witch? It could just be the case of a trailer that wasn't that great, and maybe it's not that hard to follow. And that's why I put it in this section, because it could be good. But unfortunately, the score has to be a little lower, and it gets a 5.5 out of 11. Next up, my friends, we have a film called Better Nate Than Ever. This is a Disney Plus original movie. 13-year-old Nate Foster is an unpopular Midwestern kid who entertains vivid fantasies of becoming a big Broadway musical star. In the meantime, however, Nate can't even get a decent role in his middle school's drama productions, getting cast as a tree in the chorus instead of the lead role he craves. However, when he and his best friend Liddy mastermind a daring trip to New York City without their parents' knowledge to audition for Lilo and Stitch the Musical, Nate may be on the verge of fulfilling his lifelong dream, but first he has to overcome a series of comical obstacles that threaten his Broadway adventure with disaster at every turn. This stars Lisa Kudrow from Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion, Joshua Bassett from High School Musical The Musical The Series, and introducing Ruby Wood as Nate. So we have another cute movie here. We really do. And we have a movie that's good for a family because it's 
It seems interesting enough to keep an adult's attention and perfectly okay for a kid to watch. Because we have this kid whose dream is being a big Broadway star like his auntie, played by Lisa Kudrow. So he goes to stay with her in the city because she's a big-time Broadway actress. But she's not really. She's barely making ends meet, but she wants to help him fulfill his dream. So this looks like a very good movie to keep on the back burner for a family movie night. Should you go out of your way to watch it? Eh, probably not. Better Nate than ever. It's a 6.5 out of 11. All right, next up, we have our first nationwide release, and it's called The Contractor. A discharged U.S. Special Forces Sergeant James Harper risks everything for his family when he joins a private contracting organization. This stars Chris Pine from Star Trek, Ben Foster from The Mechanic, Kiefer Sutherland from 24, and Jillian Jacobs from Community. And fun fact, Ben Foster was in Get Over It with Zoe Saldana, who was in Star Trek with Chris Pine. Yay! So, this doesn't look bad. It just looks very basic. Like we've seen it before. This feels very familiar, doesn't feel like it brings anything very new to the table. This looks very skippable, but also something that you can just save for a day where you're just feeling like a mindless action film. And this seems like it could be it. And this isn't a huge action film, more like an espionage action film where there is a bunch of shooting and explosions and stuff, but he's also kind of running too and trying to hide and figure out what's going on because he, Chris Pine plays this guy who has been discharged, but he gets a job from a private contracting organization that seems like it's on the up and up. So why not? He does it to make a little money to help his family out, but finds out that some really bad shit is going on. He's not the good guy in this. In fact, he's helping some really bad people. So in the middle of the job, he tucks and runs with a, I, I believe it's a weaponized influenza or something, some sort of virus. And so now these people are after him and he has to find out who his former friend was working for and what's going on. So it, it's not bad. It just feels very basic and reminds me a lot of all these other spy action movies and doesn't really stand out. The Contractor gets a 6.5 out of 11. All right, my future friends, next up, we have a movie that looks super cute and it's called Moonshot. Comes out to HBO Max on the 31st of March. And I actually wrote my own premise to this. So let me give you my premise first and then I'll give you the one that was on IMDb. So here's mine. Sophie has a long distance boyfriend. The problem is he lives on Mars. She has an opportunity to go and takes it. But the trouble is Walt, her best friend, has feelings for her and stows away on the ship and makes it to the Red Planet. Together, they must keep him from getting caught for 35 days. And here's the original. A woman goes after her boyfriend who has moved to Mars. That's it. This stars Lana Condor from To All the Boys I Loved Before, Cole Sprouse from Riverdale, Mason Gooding from Love, Victor, Michelle Buteau from Always Be My Maybe, and Zach Braff from Scrubs. So after I watched the trailer for this, I thought this was a movie based on a YA book because it really seems like it. Even though the characters are in college, it still felt like a super YA romance. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think those movies are very cute. Books are very cute. It's good, harmless fun. But no, this is an original movie. So we have this woman named Sophie who has a long distance boyfriend. And I thought my relationship had been long distance between here and Wales. But no, 
It's between Earth and Mars. She misses him dearly, wants to see him, so she gets an opportunity to work on Mars, so she goes. And what does this guy do? What does Walt do? As she's going onto the shuttle, he jumps over security and hides somewhere. Because that's, you know, the smart thing to do. So he makes it to Mars and has to blend in and not get caught until her 35-day stint is over and then they can go back together. But I wonder if him being stuck in her room because he doesn't have quarters of his own is, uh, is somehow going to lead to a romance between them. I wonder if her boyfriend, played by Mason Gooding from Love, Victor, uh, who was also in Scream 4, 5, Scream 5, if he was maybe cheating on her or he was planning on breaking up with her or something. Hmm, I wonder if this would be set up perfectly. I wonder if the captain, played by Michelle Buteau from Always Be My Maybe, most recently she was in Marry Me, but I wonder if the captain is going to find out, but she loves love and lets them be together. What I'm saying is this movie looks really, really predictable, but also just fun. It looks cute. It looks like an interesting sci-fi romance, which is something we don't see a lot. Even if the science fiction element really is just the backdrop, there are scenes in space where they go and they stare at Mars. And so it's not just like some sort of last minute thought. The science fiction of this really is part of it, which I do like. So we have science fiction, we have romance, two of my favorite genres. This is a surefire win for me. Is this the best looking film this week? No, it's not. But you know, it looks like a great choice. And if you choose to watch this, I think you're going to have a good time. Moonshot gets an 8.5 out of 11. All right, my friends. One movie left before the pick of the week, so the final film that's not the pick is called Morbius. This is the second and final nationwide release of the week. Biochemist Michael Morbius tries to cure himself of a rare blood disease, but he inadvertently infects himself with a form of vampirism instead. This stars Jared Leto from The Suicide Squad, Michael Keaton from Batman Returns, Jared Harris from Lincoln, Tyrese Gibson from Too Fast, Too Furious, Matt Smith from Doctor Who, and Al Madrigal from Night School. I struggled with this one. I really did with what the pick of the week was going to be, because most of you know how I feel about this, that movies that are made to be seen on the big screen, like the big blockbusters, are generally the picks of the week for a good reason. Because while movies like The Rosemaker or Apollo 10 and a Half or You Won't Be Alone, those other movies I talked about this week, those would be fine at home. Movies like Morbius, a big Marvel, or in this, ca in this case, Sony and Marvel release, is just different. Seeing it in the theater with surround sound, it's an experience. But thanks to COVID, so many movies got pushed back, pushed back, pushed back, pushed back, and now they're finally starting to come out. And Morbius is one of them that, unfortunately, I don't really care anymore. I, I will still definitely see this maybe in theaters, but I still feel like I'm going to skip it and watch it at home instead. I'm not saying it looks bad, but I just rewatched the trailer just to see if it can get me to really get stoked. And I'm just, eh, I 100% believe if I see this in theaters, I won't be disappointed. I don't think I'll want my money back because I never do. That's a stupid thing to ask for. But I don't think I'll be disappointed. But I also don't think I'd be disappointed if I missed it. Like if I missed Spider-Man No Way Home and I didn't see it in theaters, I would be disappointed. But for this film, I don't get that same feeling. I really don't. 
look, I liked The Eternals. I had no problems with it. I thought it was a good film. I really don't feel like I missed out. And not because of any stupid reason that people had, like, oh, there's a gay character. Oh, they're trying to be too woke. No, that's dumb. The reason I had for not really caring is because I didn't give two flying shits about the Eternals. I had no idea who they were. Not really. I had heard of them, but it's not like Spider-Man or Batman or Superman or the Avengers who are now household names. Morbius is another one of them. I knew who Morbius was. I've even read a few comics, but I just don't care. And it looks good. Jared Leto is a good actor. Michael Keaton returning as Adrian Toomes. That's great. Matt Smith as a bad guy. 100% yes. But yes at home. But yes from Disney+. Plus. But yes, just later. The pick of the week is a Netflix original. And I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Though Morbius does look like it will be good, it doesn't scream, watch me now. And that is really why the next movie became the pick of the week over this one. Because look, my friends, it does happen. Sometimes the big comic book movie is not my pick of the week, and this is one of those cases. In fact, I would rather see that French movie in theaters this week than I would Morbius. And again, not because I think it's going to be bad, just because I think that The Rosemaker looks like a better film. And also, I feel like Sony hyped Morbius less. And I understand that they had a super hype Spider-Man No Way Home because A, we were already stoked for it, we already wanted it, but then it was going to be this huge conclusion to a trilogy. I mean, they're going to do more, of course, but it's going to be this end to the story. And so they had to hype the shit out of it. And this one, I feel, didn't get enough love. And that could very well have something to do with why I'm not that excited for it. Not excited, but I'll still see it. Morbius gets a 7.5 out of 11. And finally, my friends, the pick of the week is a Netflix original movie called The Bubble. A group of actors and actresses stuck inside a pandemic bubble at a hotel attempt to complete a film, but then cabin fever starts to set in. This stars Karen Gillan from Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, Iris Apatow from This is 40, Fred Armisen from Portlandia, Maria Bakalova from Borat, subsequent movie film, David Duchovny from The X-Files, Kiga Michael Key from Keanu, Leslie Mann from This Is 40, Kate McKinnon from Bombshell, Pedro Pascal from Wonder Woman 1984, Peter Serafinowicz from Shaun of the Dead, Maria Bamford, who is a stand-up comedian, and Harry Trevaldwin from The King. This looks hilarious. This looks like a good time. It looks like mindless fun. This, I'm going to be honest, looks stupid. We have all of these actors who are getting ready to film the next sequel, in a very popular franchise. And guess what? COVID hits. So the studio doesn't want to lose out on money. And they're like, hey, how about this? We all quarantine together and we film the movie. So they, they all sign on to this. They're like, yeah, this sounds great. They all quarantine together, try to film the movie. And it doesn't go according to plan because people start to get a little stir crazy. And when you can't escape your co-workers at the end of the day, when you have to still stay with them, maybe you'll start to lose a little bit. So this movie does jump around in between them filming the movie and then afterwards and in between and everything that happens. But what impresses me is the stellar cast. Like that is a good cast, especially for comedy. For any other film, you can just take two of these and you're good. You could just take Keegan-Michael Key and Kate McKinnon. Great. Fred Armisen and Karen Gillan. That'd be great. Like, this is a great cast. 
and it looks like everyone in it is doing what they do best. This is an easy film. It's not going to be anything challenging. It's just going to be something fun. And that is 100% what I want to watch this week. This is a film that's going to go down as a, a good ensemble cast comedy. The best? No. A great one? Probably not. But just a strong pick. When you want to watch something reliable, that's funny, and that's enjoyable, this can be the movie for you. I'm not going to promise it's going to be particularly memorable, or even one of your favorite films of the year. Just that you're going to enjoy yourself. And sometimes that's all you need. My friends, The Bubble gets an 8.5 out of 11. Well, that is it for this episode of Future Flicks with Billiam. As always, you can contact me. You can hit me up on Twitter at FutureFlixPod, Instagram at BilliamSWN, email me BilliamReviews at gmail.com, find me on Letterbox at BilliamSWN there as well. There's a link tree in the show notes for everything me, so yay. Don't forget to check out the Friends of the Show, the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast, Watch Your Mouth Podcast, hopefully they'll be back one day, and We're Doing Fine with Robbie and Lisa. Robbie actually just visited California, so I got to meet him. It was a wonderful time. Hung out with Robbie and Lisa. It was like watching the podcast live. I had a blast. So do check out their show. They have a, they have new episodes weekly, and they have a book club. But my future friends, just remember that no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.